Hello, friends, and welcome back to Live, Laugh, Lorazepam. This is episode five and a half. We are bringing you a mini episode this week for a special occasion to commemorate our good friend, Jason, who passed away in 2015. Um, This month is seven years since his passing, and we wanted to talk a little bit about his story and some of the things that... um, he may have experienced, we experienced as his friends, and hear from a few people who loved him and still remember him today. Yeah, Jason um, died by suicide seven years ago, and um, I know, I mean, this is a mental health podcast, and like, we have touched upon suicide, but we haven't gone fully into it yet, um, but his passing was probably the hard like one of the hardest ones I've had to deal with yeah deaths in general um this is yeah, a lot I, harder than I thought I know I know this is hard um but I also think it's really important because his story sort of sticks with me um Always. because of like the persona that he had and like the friend that he was um He was so jolly. He was so welcoming. Hilarious. Always smiling. So so funny. Always smiling. Cracking jokes. Um, I would have said like one of the happiest people I knew. Um, And granted, like his passing happened after we had all gone off to college for a few years. And like, you know, as, as high schoolers, uh, have a tendency to do. We fell out of touch with each other. Yep. Um, but those years that we spent as like such close friends, like, uh, shooting the potato cannon or mm-hmm. watching like movies on the outdoor screen at Rob's house, like playing manhunt for the first time. Like honestly, some, were... of, some of the most <sighs> dangerous stuff I've ever done in my life <laughs> was with Jason. That... He was always pushing the envelope and like encouraging us to like like try something new, do something that you might get in trouble for. And like, that just wasn't in my nature. So I just remember like, that was so such like an addictive quality that he had that like, you just, you just wanted to know what he was going to do next, what he was going to say next. Always an adrenaline rush was Jason. Yes. Yeah. Now like my head is going back and like thinking of different memories. And one time there's like I'm like what should I share and what shouldn't I share because we did some crazy (laughs) stuff in high school but um yeah we had a potato cannon that they used hairspray in a lighter and we would shoot (laughs) empty prescription bottles in paper cups and thank god they lived near the woods I know those were like the two streets we had friends that lived on streets right next to each other like one street over from each other and we would run around in that neighborhood in between the houses i'm sure um, they hated us oh my gosh i'm sure those neighbors hated us those rascal teenagers always running around but we had some of the best times just like joyriding in brian's car or like tim's oh, mom's man. minivan yes yeah <laughs> one time one time we were, we're outside of jason's house and they were on the car, like they got in and they started going and that was like pure teasing me and they made me run to jump in the minivan <laughs> and then I had to slam the door shut 
And then we were driving through um, the hills and they shut the headlights off and I thought I was going <gasps> to die. Oh my God. My, my anxiety ass, like <laughs> petrified. Like I was like, I'm going to die. This is it. I've, I've, I've seen the end. I mean, yes. I survived. I'm here. That was, I was probably like 14, but I was like, uh. But I mean, I just remember being like, you know, both irritated and excited, like, halfway through our hangouts with oh, them at yeah. all times just because I mean they were teenage boys you know and I think like oh they were so so goofy and then you know we were all testing the limits of course of like our friendships and our our own like situations but I, I just think about all the dangerous stuff we did and then all the ridiculously funny stuff we did were like, you in the car when we did the the fire drill outside um his dad's car yes yes or like uh, dancing to the Cotton Eye Joe or whatever at robotics competitions. Like how that's so nerdy. Like I chugged Red Bull and then went on like we danced to the Cotton Eye Joe for like an hour. And I just remember thinking back to that and I'm like, oh my God, we were such nerds. But on the flip side, then we're like doing a flamethrower out of a potato cannon on the weekends. And how fun those memories are. I, oh, I like can't get enough. I... I look back and I get, I get very mad at myself because of the falling out I had with Jason. Mm-hmm. And we never had that like friendship back, but I will always consider him one of my best friends. He was larger than life, you know. Like I just, you, I can't like picture him. Like there's nothing like memory wise that I picture him without a smile on his face. Right. Or doing the time warp. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my God. The time Sorry. warp going in. You didn't get to go. No, I didn't. I was so jealous. Rocky Heart Picture Show live in the city. It was just prime. Like, I don't even know how oh. to explain it, but Jason. I mean, you, you guys talked about that for weeks, and I had such FOMO. I was like, oh, ah. I'm so mad that I didn't go. You all knew the words to the songs, and I was sitting there like, man. <laughs> But, like, just think Jason performed it for you a million times. I, he did all the time. And so, like, the only song I know is that song because of him. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't hear that song, watch that movie, any see Tim Curry without thinking of Jason. And, like, bringing, like, bringing it back to, like, to, like the message of this is, like, he was the happiest person on the outside. Right. He was glowing. So strong. And probably the last person I would have thought was struggling with something as deep as he was. Um, and and I'm sure maybe like I mean there were years where we weren't connected and we did reconnect shortly before his passing, but it, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was in high school. And so I, I have my fondest memories with him are high school still because that was like the true essence of who he was because I hadn't really gotten to know this new Jason Adult again Jason. yet. Um, and I just think it's so important to talk about like who he was at the same time while he was struggling and none of us really knew. Um, and how like the strongest people you know can be going through some of the hardest things and you will have no idea. That's why you, 
like what people always say, just like smile to someone on the sidewalk. Like you, you don't know someone's story. And you had said before this, it's not our job to tell his story. So we're going to tell our stories and our memories. And I am so thankful that Jason was in my life. And high school would have been so boring without him. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but I knew Jason. I um, I know you don't know this, but just thinking about my own memories, I know Jason from when I was like young. Um, because my brother worked with his family. Oh my god, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. Um, my brother worked with his family. Uh, and then I worked with the family. But yeah, I knew Jason. Like we weren't weren't close, but we knew each other. Yeah. Um, and then high school. He used to drive me to school. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. He would he would come like we weren't like I mean we were close enough. He I was on the way to school and he would pick me up. And like he would like poke fun like always but we it was like brother sister yeah. poking fun. And like I loved it. I mean I have two brothers but I like it was an extra brother. Um Yeah. And but yeah, he would pick me up. He would drive me home. I don't know if I ever That's thanked so him enough nice. for that. And well, I was like teenagers too. We're so wrapped up in ourselves. Like when I met when I met him um, and his best friend Rob, like I I was like the shyest little like fourteen year old girl who got roped into doing robotics because her big brother was like one of the engineers on the team and like Aren't you glad you did that? <laughs> I'm so glad I did because I made some like lifelong friends, including Julie. But like Hi. I I just think back to that and how it took like a full season of robotics for me to like warm up and like get used to their brand of humor because they did. They poked fun. They made fun of you. They they joked around and they would pull pranks and everything was always high energy. And that was like, I was so not used to that at all. I mean, my favorite thing to do was like read and write quietly in my room. <laughs> So, so energy. they brought so much life, like they brought so much life to, and like color, I would say like to my like teenage years. I'm sorry. I'm just pausing because I'm just remembering different things. I know. I'm like filtering through the like Rolodex of memories in my brain right now. Um, I even have a, I have a memory. Sorry, totally just cut you off. Oh, it's really quick. I remember when we were fighting in high school, because like you said, we were high school kids. When we were fighting, they took Oreos and opened <laughs> them up and stuck them on the window of my car, which was my mom's car. And my 16, 17 year old self was livid because we were already fighting. And I was like, how dare they? That's my mom's car. Mm -hmm. I look back. I'm like, it was Oreos. Like, why was like, I mad? That was right, funny. Like, some like, water would have brought that off. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Any water. But, um, like, even the, the fighting, like, I would take all that back. Um, I know. Me too. Bring it back. There like, there were so many stupid things that I got, like, irritated about or upset about or whatever. And they were just classic teenage boys, like, pushing the envelope with their two female friends and like I think back to that I'm like I wish I just like rolled my eyes and moved past it but I took things like so seriously as like a sensitive teenager oh um, yeah 
but I mean, I still look at those memories like so fondly and still like, I'm so grateful that we had that time together because you're right. High school would have been so boring without him. So boring. Robotics would have been boring without him, even though we were playing oh my, with robots. I, I would not have stayed. Okay. I, I did not I'm play hurt. with a robot. <laughs> you wouldn't have stayed for me. Okay. I may have stayed for you. Thank you. I, uh, I think it's worth mentioning that his passing was, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to get like emotional. No, that's all right. It's worse. His, pa- his passing was horrible and unexpected and came out of nowhere. And I don't think anyone ever really knew what he was truly struggling with. Um, but if there's like any good thing that came out of his passing or his, his struggle coming to light essentially it's that like you and I became friends again and we reconnected with Rob and I am just so grateful for that because you and I had I mean we were so close when we were younger and then you know college again like you just lose touch um and like truly mourning together and grieving together was like how you and I came back together as like a friendship. And I feel like it's like, I mean, it's been seven years now, clearly we've grown from there, but I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like that that was like, like a passing gift from him to like bring that friendship back. It is the, like, (sighs) You're crying. Now I'm going to cry. I went like, we're recording. I'm sorry. No, you're We're recording away from each other right now. And I just want to hug Abby and I can't. Also, like I have the glasses and the headphones. I can't wipe my eyes. And so I'm just like sitting here. Take a minute. I can't, I can't like get to my eyes. I, I have like goggles on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it, truly what you just said is a gift. I remember my phone ringing and I was like, Abby, because we hadn't spoken in like actually spoken in like years and i was like why the hell is abby calling me in it oh was God, yeah. the worst news it's the hardest phone call i've ever had to make <laughs> i'm so glad it came from you though yeah i it honestly it was like a train it was like rob heard the news and he called me and i thought he was joking like i truly i was like shut up like stop i thought you were joking but then i was like also why did you call me i was like what right like out of the blue and then of course like he had so many other people to call and he was like can you call like a few people for me and like of course i was like of course but then like for out of like it's just all the names flew out of my head and the only one i could think about was you and i was like "Uh, okay and to be honest like i hadn't processed it yet and then i remember pacing around my parents pool on the phone with you and it wasn't until I said the words out loud to you that I like totally lost it and I just remember like being so so upset in the backyard because it's like it's like the years hadn't passed it was yeah we graduated in 2011 it was four years later but it didn't matter like it's like we were our friend group was something bad had happened and we needed to like come back together I am, like I said, I'm so thankful it came from you. And mine was similar. It wasn't in, like you told me it didn't fully click. I think I said WTF over and over again. <laughs> yeah. we, we spoke for like a minute or two. Um, Or we could have spoken longer, but honestly, it was just a blur. And I remember just talking to my parents over and over again. And I was like, 
what the hell just happened? Yeah. I telling, I had to call my brother and I remember walking into the kitchen and telling my mom and just being like totally flabbergasted. Um, and like, not, I don't, I don't want to glorify, um, taking your own life or anything, but there are like these positive notes that have come out of a tragedy, one being our friendship and two being like seeing all of the love that people had for him at the wake and the celebration of life. And though they were probably like the hardest events I've ever gone to. And I sobbed my way through the day seeing like everyone who had, who knew him in college that like, we didn't know about those people. We'd never seen those photos and they made all these posters of his, like those years in college. And then his high school friends made high school posters and then his family had family posters. Like just how much the community and like his people like truly loved him. I just wish so bad that he could have seen that. Um, but yeah, I had, I had no idea he was struggling and there's no, you can't like look back and say, what if, because the moment's already passed. It's, it's already over, but I do wonder sometimes what if, if I had like asked him, how are you doing or reached out? Um, Makes me think, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it just, it, it's one of those, like you fall down that rabbit hole of asking what if, even though, you know, you can't change anything. And there were no signs. There were no signs, at least from what I could see, there were no signs that he was struggling in that way. Um, and I just wish he had shared that with someone um, if not us, then like a college friend, his mom, someone to get help in the way that like you reached out to your mom to get help when you were going through that. And, um, but he, he didn't. And so unfortunately, like none of us knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and actually it makes me think of a conversation. I remember this conversation in detail with your mom, um, at his services and she couldn't Comp- like not comprehend she couldn't understand why he would do that like no one in the room could understand why he would do that and um it was about 10 a year before I was going through that um and w- wanted to die by suicide and that that's a whole other episode we'll go into but I was trying to explain it to people as it's an illness and the there's like people were like talking about it could be selfish and stuff like that I'm like there's nothing nothing selfish about this um everyone has their own battle and their own fight and it's like dying of a d- different disease it's like you lose your battle with cancer you lose your battle with any other like kidney disease lung cancer like all the like anything else and he lost his and that's i think why I really like do this podcast is to really like make people realize like it is a disease and there's nothing selfish about it and he just lost his battle like I'm sure if he could have he would have chosen a different path but he fought and he lost and that happens um and like, I think that's the biggest thing I, I just need people to, like, get from losing people um, by suicide is that 
they 1000% fought. It was not oh my gosh, just yes. an easy decision. It wasn't on a whim. You don't, you don't get there after one bad day. No. You don't get there after one bad week or month or even year. You get there after like, si- like significant time, whatever that time is for you that you've had to battle those thoughts in your head or those compulsions or the, the darkness that's like creeping up and it like until you've experienced it and until you have really given some serious thought about like mental health, I don't think people can, like I'll fully never understand what Jason was thinking in that moment and no one will. No, nope. because everyone has it, their own their own battle with it. Right. Exactly. No one's journey is the same. And like you said, like you, you wish like – you could have like said something and stuff, and I'm sure he had so many people who did tell them that they he loved they loved him, um. But that like that's not the magic cure. Um, I for sure knew everyone in my life loved me, um, but I was in so much pain, um, that you I couldn't escape. That I thought that was the only answer. I just needed to not feel that way anymore. Um, and, and like, I'm at a loss for words right now, just thinking about him and knowing that I, I felt so similar just a year before, um, and that I, like, I wish we could have had that conversation. And I know like I just said that, like that conversation pro like might have not changed anything at all, but just so he would know that other people were facing Right, that he wasn't he wasn't alone in the battles that he was having that other people were experiencing their own types of battles as well because i think one of the biggest things about mental health is that it can feel so isolating it can feel like you are like on an island and you are experiencing something that no one else could possibly understand and that like i i can't speak for anyone else but myself but i got really good at hiding it because i was really ashamed about it and I, I hate that back then I, I felt like I had to hide it and I had to be ashamed about it because I wasn't quote unquote strong enough that like for some reason I was going through this thing. And like the what if we can take anything from this situation, it's that you shouldn't be ashamed of the battles that you're battling on a regular basis, whatever they may be, and to like talk to someone or reach out and ask for help before it gets to that point of no return. I mean, I was in the darkest place of my life in 2018. And I say it to Phil all the time, like if he had not pushed me to go to the doctor and like really advocate for myself and ask to like say that to the doctor, like, no, something's wrong. I need to talk to someone. If he hadn't pushed me to do that, I, I don't know if I would be having the same conversation with you. I don't know if I would be here to have the same conversation with you. But I think people think that like, oh, I should only ask for help when it's really bad or when rock bottom. No, I can yeah, I can handle it on my own until suddenly you can't and then it becomes an emergency. But that you can talk about it and bring it up and reach out and ask for help like well before then. Because dealing with those battles, whether they are big or small every day. Like, you should not have to do that alone. 
no you and like you you should never have to do it alone and you're like that's what saved me is when i went to the hospital realizing it wasn't alone like there were so many other people who who felt similar to me um and you had said something you just said something saying you were worried you like you weren't strong enough so you were hiding it and i want everyone to know that there's no like you right now like you may feel like you're not strong enough but there is no such thing as strong enough when you're battling with this you're even jason was strong yeah like he lost his battle he didn't lose like he was strong every single day you wake up you get out of bed you're strong like no matter what you're facing don't think you're not strong enough like you are battling something that you have no control over yeah um except sorry there is one control and that's is asking for help um but that brings me back to like why we do this podcast is so people know they're not alone and that they can ask for help um and i know like i have my ups and downs and last year um probably around this time i started feeling really bad again um and i let it go until like november and then i finally was like i can't do this and i reached back out to my therapist um and i got a new meds and but like that's that's part of my journey and like i had like i I don't want to say the wrong thing and i know there's no wrong thing yeah but like you like once you're there you can feel yourself falling again yeah um but if you've been down that path before you know I mean, sometimes I don't see the signs until I realize I'm like in it. But yeah, well, yeah, I, know, I didn't realize I know I was the in signs it. now, at least a little bit, so that I don't get as far into it as I once did. And now, like we've talked about it so much on previous episodes, but having and knowing your own coping mechanisms, and having and knowing what your triggers are, and how to sort of counteract those is so, so important because like you literally said it a few minutes ago, but no one's mental health journey is the same. Everyone has something different. And so now having that like toolkit for a better, for a lack of a better word of ways that you can cope for yourself in the way that you need is like so unbelievably important because you're, you're gonna feel dark every once in a while, whether it's seasonal or something in your life happens. Like life is not a smooth ride. So there is going to be ups and downs, but like if you understand yourself well enough and see the signs and know how to sort of handle and cope with like going in that direction, you can pull yourself out of it before you're down there. But until like, it's, it's really hard, like until you've ex- experienced like this deep mental health um, issues like depression or anxiety it's it's really hard to explain to someone who hasn't experienced that. And so, like, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but essentially, like, I, I think it's important that we at least try. It's like, I try to talk to my mom about mental health. I know that maybe she hasn't experienced it in the way I have, but the more I can talk about it with her, the more I can help her understand that, like, this is a sickness and this is, like, a battle that people like me, like you, like Jason – like have been experiencing for a long time and that it's a serious thing that we should talk about even though it's awkward even though it makes you feel a little ashamed even though like you know the millions of emotions going through your head when 
and we need to like the whole part like erase the stigma like and erase the shame and our country our world as a whole needs to realize that this is an illness and that it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to ask for help and I know what that shame feels like and it sucks and it's, it feels like there's no answers. And some people will be like, talking about it's not going to do anything. Talking to someone and talking to people is what saved my life. And people might be like, oh, I, I don't talk. Um, but sometimes you don't, I was the same way. I hated therapy as a kid. Um, but when you find that right person to talk to, it, it's it's a lifesaver. Um, yeah. And or, I mean... I think back to like, I hated medication. I didn't want to take medication. I didn't want to be on medication. I was adamant. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I, I did. That. And I do need it. <laughs> and at the time, I remember the lady um, who I had been seeing and who first di- like diagnosed me and gave me medication was like, what you're doing right now, the way you're battling this on your own right now isn't working. So we're going to try the next thing. And the next thing is medication and therapy. And I was like, I don't need it. She was like, listen to me. It's not working right now. Like you're miserable. You're here because you're miserable and it's disrupting your everyday life. That means we need to try a new path. And that was like the only way I could think about it was like, okay, you're, you're right. Grinning and bearing it, waking up and just putting a smile on my face was not working anymore. I needed some sort of help and whether that's talking it out guess what it can't hurt <laughs> like, right try anything yeah because at the end of the day like your life is worth living and so why wouldn't you fight for that and why wouldn't you try everything available to make it a little bit better so that you're not alone in your battle and i to bring it back to jason a little bit um I just wish he knew that he wasn't alone in that battle and that there were other options out there for him. But I also think that, or at least I hope that doing these mental health podcasts sort of in his memory and helping other people with this and talking so outwardly about it, I hope that he'd be happy with that. And I wish that this had been around back then for him. I'm like, again, lost for words. But yeah, I, w- I wish. I wish there was something. Um, and I, and I, what I'm about to say might be very controversial. Controversial. Um, but as someone who's been there, I also know, like, that sometimes no matter, like, if you, you check off every box, you've tried everything. I know mm-hmm. that sometimes you, you've, you've, you've tried everything. Um, or at least you think you have. Um, and I think that's what leads to people to dying by suicide is that they did try everything. Um, and they just lost their battle, which sadly happens. Um, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully because this is such a touchy subject still. Um, I never want to see someone die by suicide 
but I also understand. Right. I mean, I also, there was, he was suffering. He was suffering. A lot. That's, that's actually brings back to the conversation I had with your mom. I was like, he's no longer suffering. And yeah. for me, I, again, bring it back to other diseases and you p- see people suffering and you don't want them to suffer anymore. And people stop treatment. People stop treatment with mental illness too. Right. And we have to realize that it's just the same thing as someone stopping chemo. Um, because it is debilitating. It is deadly. Sometimes there's no answer. But I do want to bring in the positive. Is sometimes there is an answer. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to Abby if there wasn't. Yeah, and we just... We need those things in place to show people that there is another option, that there is another path, and that their life is worth saving at the end of the day. So we, we need those programs, those conversations, those friends, those support groups. The ac- accessibility to all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't think anyone to think I condone it or, or, or support it. I'm just saying I get it. Um, but we have this podcast to be another outlet, be another path for someone to take to listen and realize they're not alone um, because that saved my life. Um, but to go back to Jason, um, if I could just talk to Jason, I would tell him I love him. And I wish I could take back that time when we, we weren't talking um, I remember passing him at work because he worked at a, a local store and we ignored each other and thinking back to that absolutely kills me. Um, but as you said earlier, it he gave us a gift and you wouldn't be my best friend right now. I don't think if it wasn't for that gift. Um, and for that, I'm thankful for him bringing us back together, um, bringing back so many people into my life. Yeah. Um. And that's what he did in, in high school. He brought us all together. Um, and that's what he did in his passing is he brought us all back together. Um, and it's so true. He really was like a linchpin of like our friend group, really pulling us all together, keeping us together. And It's like we would hang out like, like he was always in the group no matter what. If someone was not there, that's fine. But Jason was always there. He would, like, rally. He would rally the troops, essentially, oh, yeah. what he would do. And he would drive to – we all lived on different ends of the city. And he would drive all over the city to pick each and every one of us up just so that we could joyride through the Blue Hills or something. Or we would take uh, late-night trips to Target in um, in Stoughton. Like, we would just drive for nothing. We'd walk around. <laughs> and, like, I look at teenagers now, and I'm like, why are you guys just walking around with no money? And I'm like, because that was fun. Yeah, exactly. It was to get out, to be, to hang out together, to cause a little mischief. <laughs> to fire some potato cannons and piss off the neighbors. Um, to watch some Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, well, but- I, I think that's a great spot to sort of wrap up our mini episode um in jason's honor um this episode is dropping on the day of his passing and it marks seven years of us missing him and um remembering him and loving him um and so now we'd like to share a few messages from other people who also miss him and love him 
Love you, Jason. Love you, Jay. Jason, from the first day I met you in robotics, I liked you. You were funny and always making people laugh. The time you did your impersonation of a Rocky Horror show had us in stitches. When I got the call of your passing, it not only hit me hard, but everyone I know who knew you, too. It still saddens me whenever I think of you, because you had the world in front of you. Unfortunately, the demons in your mind were too great to overcome. I want you to know that your loss has put a void in our hearts that will always remain. Jason, you were one of those kids in robotics that I will always remember. It's Brian. Jason was one of my best friends in high school, and I think and miss him every day. There was so much to love about him. I think everyone would say he's one of the funniest people they knew. What I loved the most was Jason could turn any boring time into fun. We could just drive around for hours with no plans and have the best time. I've been missing him a bit more lately now that I have a daughter and wish he could have met her. She would have loved him. Jason was such a good person, and he had such a big heart. He always made everybody laugh and smile. Even if you were having a bad day, he would make you laugh. I have so many good memories of Jason. We had There were so many good times. But the one memory that really sticks out in my mind is a time we were at robotics one day, and the song Time Warp from the Rocky Horror Show was playing. I don't know if Jason played it or somebody else played it, but it was on. And all of a sudden, Jason went into full rendition, lip singing, dancing to this song. And it was amazing and hilarious. And I am fortunate enough to have it on video. And I watch that video from time to time now when I want to remember him and when I want to smile and laugh. If I'm having a bad day, it just, it makes me happy. It makes me feel good, and I love to remember him. I love that Jason just lit up any room he walked into. One time at Robotics, we had been there all day during a long build season, and he broke out into singing the Time Warp from Rocky Horror Picture Show and danced all around the gym. It is absolutely one of my favorite memories from high school because he brought so much unbridled joy into our lives in that moment and many others. If you or anyone you know are experiencing suicidal thoughts or any mental health distress, please call the Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255.